Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, handball out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Goal! Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's oh! kicked the goal from inside the centre. Welcome to the SC Playbook podcast for round 19 of the AFL season, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. My name is Eddie Dads. As always, I'm running you through thing, all things SC Playbook Supercoach related on this fine Tuesday evening. But uh, as always, I need a bit of help with, with everything Supercoach related, and I've got two of the best in the business joining me tonight, one of whom whose birthday it is today. Happy birthday, Stevie Nico, runner-up in 2021. Uh, what did you get yourself today? Did you have a good, did you have a good outing uh, for your birthday? I did take the day off, and uh, it's also my wife's birthday, so we- uh, You're she kidding. Took, no, no, she took the day off as well, and- yeah, we planned to head out to a winery. We had a nice $150 voucher to to use and they're closed on a Tuesday. So Oh god. Uh look, we we made it to a, a cafe and a nursery and bought a couple of things and yeah, went to the driving range as well. So Fantastic. Wasn't, wasn't a wasn't a bad day. How soon into the relationship did you figure out that you guys had the same birthday? Pretty early on. I reckon it was like the the second date or something and Oh, it's meant to be the, at that the, point. The concept, surely. yeah, the concept of uh, the birthday was, uh, yeah, was spoken about, and yeah, it was kind of like the stars aligning. Yeah, it was bizarre. That is fantastic. Well, we're we're all a bit jealous today of uh, you hitting um, St Andrews links on the on the simulator at the <laughs> at the driving range. It looked fantastic. Um, joining me on the other line as well is uh, is Harold Sun journalist D- Dylan Bolch, who's uh, been on a few holidays of his own recently. Dylan recently back from Bali, I believe. How was that? Yeah, it was awesome, mate. Good to get uh, out of the Melbourne winter and, and get a bit of sunshine, which was, uh, yeah, it was great. Loved it. Most, most importantly, how did your Supercoach team hold up over those few weeks that you were away? Because uh, we were kind of getting intermittent texts in the group yeah. chat thing. <laughs> F my life. I hate my team. This stupid game. So how did it all shake out? Yeah, there was a couple of times where I was catching connecting flights and had to sort of go in without knowing teams. So the, the week where... I don't know if it was last week or the week before where there were all these injuries and rookies got dropped and the whole works. I ended up getting stuck, uh, hamstrung a bit, but I mean, my season sort of cooked already. So it sort of softens the blow a little bit. It's one of those years. If you, if you just look up sort of the, the hashtag supercoach, um, hashtag on, on Twitter, it seems pretty much every second team is completely cooked at the moment, which is, uh, which is kind of enjoyable watching from afar. Geez, it was a bad week though this week, but I don't think I've had a worse super coach week than this one in, in quite some time. Uh, just didn't, didn't get to the 2200 mark. I was at 2194 for the week, 48,000th for the round, um, dropped about 1200 spots in the season. Just everything that could have possibly gone wrong went completely wrong for me over the weekend. It was a, it was a really, really tough watch. I haven't had many weeks like that, uh, in recent times. So was due a really bad one. How'd you go, Nico? Um, did your team manage to survive the carnage that unfolded over the weekend? I didn't survive the carnage, but I posted a decent score. So I got two, three, one, six, which, um, pushed me out 165 spots. So just sort of hovering just outside that one K season rank uh, as well i got four out of five league wins with that score so pretty happy and and one of those was over charlie so oh even better <laughs> i mean how good's that so, that, yeah, that I mean, is that's... that is as good as it gets exactly that's that's, that's the season's a win if you can beat him <laughs> exactly right i hope he's listening to this right now he'd be stewing in his boots over there um nico what's a what's a reasonable ceiling for your team from here i mean you mentioned you're just outside the top thousand i mean what are we what are we striving for is, is top 500 in play is top 200 in play or are we just sort of hoping for that top thousand i think just top thousand mate i haven't really had a look at the rankings in depth so it is pretty close, so maybe 500 is a shout, but I've got one trade left, and I think I'm at full premium if um you know if Darcy Cameron is back this week. And, yeah, who knows? I mean, I'll, I, I don't know what, what the other teams ahead of me are doing and how they're going. I'm sure that they're going pretty well. How many trades have you got left? Uh, the one. Yeah, just the, the one, one left. Yep. Okay, fantastic. Yep. Um. I mean, we discussed this a little bit last week, but what's your strategy with that one trade? Are you, are you holding out for an injury? What are you What are you sort of thinking with that? Yeah, look, as we've seen, there's been a couple of players out for the season um, from the injury reports just just come out this week. So there's no doubt that that one of those is going to land on on someone in my team. So I'm holding that for a long term injury. 
Um, and that at this you know stage of the year could even just be a two-week injury and that's enough to sort of pull the trigger. We were chatting in the chat today. I mean, is there is there a scenario that you can see coming up where you would use that trade for a non-injury purpose or are you going to be really, really strict with how you use that one? Yeah, have to be strict. We uh we did talk about the Marshall to Gorn kind of mm, we did. luxury upgrade, which they're ex- pretty much exactly the same price at the moment. Yeah, I mean, Will Day's sort of come good. He was kind of the one that I was sort of always planning on luxury upgrading, but and and Sheasel as well seems to have come good as well with Jay Z out. So yeah, I don't know. I think I'll just be strict. I like it, Dylan. What about you this week? Did you manage to to claw back a bit of ground uh, with your feet on the ground in Australia, or was it another another tough one for you? Yeah, no, I had a, a reasonable week. I scored two, three, seven, one, which I was pretty happy with. Um, Huge. Yeah, a, a better week. I don't know why, because um, I still had a few dud scores, but um, yeah, rankings is about sixteen k, so nothing, nothing great there. I think it's out. Sort of maybe clock. Um, sorry for the drive by there, mate. But yeah, we've uh, <laughs> we've had a pretty ordinary year um, compared to the rest of the contributors. But that's all right. Oh, I'm absolutely loving following Klopp on Twitter. Just the, <laughs> the the pure sadness and anger emanating out of him from this season has just been, yeah, the, the shite and fruit from my end has been fantastic to watch because yeah. uh, I needed I need someone to be going worse than me. I love it, and I look at it and I go, oh. There's two of us. <laughs> exactly. He seems to have been hit with every bullet this year, uh, which has been great to watch. Now, boys, uh, this season we've been doing the, the SC Playbook Most Valuable Supercoach Player of the Year Awards. Uh, we've been giving blokes uh, giving, giving, giving blokes votes for their most valuable performances and their least valuable, valuable performances as well. So I'll start us off this week with my most valuable players of the week. Uh, I'm going to give one vote to Marcus Bontempelli. Um, he's 130. On uh, on Friday night was really handy just to set the weekend. I thought at that point I was going to have a decent weekend. Um, yeah, Tim English aside, I thought it was going to be a good good start to the week. Ryan Marrick uh, came in pretty clutch, sixty seven. That was way overs from what I expected, given he was a late in and didn't think he was going to play at all. So that was great. And then three votes for me go to the little garden gnome Rory Laird. Nico, you were freaking me out on Sunday. I was playing golf and just seeing updates in the chat that Laird's done a shoulder. Laird's going to be out for the season. He's dislocated his AC joint. Uh, and then he rattled off in about another 80 points after that. So Rory Laird gets my three votes for the week. Where did you go with these ones, Nico? Jeez, someone is a bit stiff. Um, <laughs> missing out on your votes, mate. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I've gone a bit weird again uh, in my voting. So one vote to Tim English for owners of him. Easy VC locked in the first game. That would have been wrapped. Uh, I've given one to Dan Houston, who just keeps like... I don't know, just smashing the ceiling with his scores. He's been scores. fantastic. He's been really, really good. I've given one to Rory Laird for his bounce-back game, as you've talked about. That was really good to see. And I've given three to Max Gorn for his 215, which is the biggest score we've seen in a little while. I just couldn't bear to give him votes because it was <laughs> it was painful watching him. And the worst part about it, Nico, was that I knew that it was going to be one of those ones where if you don't have him for the remainder of the season, you're going to be giving up points every single week. From here on out, assuming Brody Grunny doesn't play. Yeah, big assumption. Um, who knows what they're going to do with team selection. But yeah. I'm keen to discuss it with you guys a little bit later because, uh, yeah, I think that's one we need to flesh out a little bit more. Dylan, what about your most valuable player of the of the week votes? Yeah, I gave one to um, Ryan Marrick, as I said. A lot. I um, didn't actually need him this week. I had sufficient cover, and so I was a little bit bummed out when he was laid in and a lot of people got those 70 extra points, um, but he got one vote, Rory Laird two, and Tim English three. I didn't give any to Max Gorn because I think it's a uh, a red flag score. I don't think he'll keep it up, and I think Granny will be back soon rather than later, but I'm sure we can touch on that later. Wow. Okay, interesting. Very, yeah. very keen to talk about. He's going to suck people in. I like it a lot. What about your least valuable vote, Dylan? Um, one to uh, Sam Walsh, who's just been pretty mid. Um, two to Sam Doherty, who I brought in for the bloke I've given three votes in Tom Green, who had a mysterious hammy, unfortunately. That's a, it's a very mysterious hammy. It came sort of in at the last minute through trade plans in disarray. Uh, yeah. So I like, I like it those was, votes. I was having a conversation with dad before I boarded the flight and I said, and he said, oh, I'll hold a trade in case someone gets hurt. And he actually said, imagine if Tom Green did a hammy. And then we landed in Melbourne and the first thing I saw was Tom Green's out with a hamstring and that just pissed me off. At 1am in the morning, whatever it was, Melbourne time when we landed, I had to drive an hour home and was just 
angry about Tom Green, Sammy. <laughs> Old man's an oracle. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> What, yeah. <laughs> what, are, what are his lottery numbers? Did you guys did you guys see that on Twitter that uh, over Thursday and Friday night the guy whose model predicted yeah. the first two games of the round to within a point? I think he got mm. both of them exactly, didn't he? Yeah, that's ridiculous. I think it, Riley Kilpatrick on on Twitter I think rings a bell. That was incredible. And then Charlie bet on mm. um, his margin call for the Swan uh, for the, the Pies Dockers game, game mm. and got it. it yeah. Amazing scenes. I can't believe it. He would have tripled his tri- uh, his Twitter following overnight. Uh, my least valuable player of the week votes. I'm going to give one to. Zach Merritt, uh, 200th game down at the Cattery. That was just one of the worst things I've ever seen. Um, and I said, said to you boys in the chat about 10 minutes into the game, this is going to be 100 plus uh, because we just, the Bombers were nowhere near it. Merritt couldn't get going. They sat on him. They had two blokes on him, Blitzarves um, and O'Connor. We're doing a job on him, which was interesting to watch. Uh, Rowan Marshall gets my two votes. As we've mentioned, that that Marshall to Gorn trade is is looking even more enticing by the minute. And then three votes to James Sicily, who I brought in. And really, honestly, if Bont had got maybe two points less, I would have captained Sicily, I think, this weekend. Um, so thanking my lucky stars for that. But yeah, his 58 against North Melbourne was horrible. I didn't watch the game, um, Dylan. I didn't want to put myself through that. But what, what happened to Sicily? Was it just a matter of um, one of the kangaroos sitting on him? Yeah, Eddie Ford sat, him, sat on him all game. And um, I think North had like four inside 50s in the first half or something ridiculous. So the ball was nowhere near him at all. Um, so I, I feel like that's a, a blip on the radar. And hopefully sooner rather than later, he'll be back to scoring pretty well. I like it. Nico, what about your least valuable votes? Given one to Lockie Neal, just did not look interested uh, in that game, especially in the first half. Um, and he was just sort of waltzing around doing sweet F all. Uh, one to Merritt. Obviously, we're expecting a little bit better uh, from him. And um, as we've already touched on, the uh, the Bombers got absolutely slaughtered. Um, and it was, yeah, I mean, a 69 uh, is not a great score from him. Uh, one to Sinclair for a 67 as well against the Suns. Uh, he's just unfortunately playing midfield and playing halfback. So we just want him playing halfback, please. And Please. Three to Jay-Z. So I reckon a lot of people still have him. And back-to-back sub appearances and, and playing forward. I mean, he's gone from someone being around that 600K mark, if not a bit more, um, just to being utterly worthless. He, he really has. And I think it's one of those, he needs Alistair Clarkson back uh, immediately. Um, God knows what's happening with North. You know, there's all sort of rumours floating around on, on the on the Twitter sphere about what, what is actually going on with Alistair Clarkson. But yeah, he he is one who desperately needs uh, needs the big dog back in charge because whatever role uh, and spot he's got in the team at the moment uh, is not working for him. Now, boys, it's been a long AFL season already. And if your super coach team has been stinking it up and you've been dreaming about cocktails on the beach in Mexico, eating gelato in Rome, or not being able to remember half your time in Vegas with the boys like Nico, Pat and George from Mortgage Choice can help you get there. Whatever you want to do and wherever you'd like to go, you can speak to the boys today about how you can get quick and easy access to cash at the lowest rate possible so you can book that last-minute flight today. Message the lads on their Instagram handle at Pat and George Mortgage Choice to get it sorted. You can also get to their contact details through any of the articles on our website. And remember, if you mention the SC Playbook podcast, then you won't pay their usual $129 fee. Lots to get through this evening, gentlemen. I want to start us off. Uh, it's kind of a logical place to start given the, the sheer number of injuries and unavailabilities we've got rolling around at the moment. Um, so I just wanted to go through and, and chat these guys uh, kind of in, in, in turn, give them the uh, give them the attention they deserve because I think each one deserves a bit of time. Um, firstly, so kind of discussing what is actually wrong with them. And then secondly, kind of figuring out what we should actually do with those guys if you've still got them in your team. So the first one, Dylan, your your dad's oracle um, brain sort of picked this one out apparently on the flight over. Tom Green, what, what's going on? Um, he was he was kind of a late out in many respects last week. Um, can we expect him back anytime soon? Yeah, so it's a hamstring issue for Green. Um, the club said three weeks last week, so he's got another two on the sidelines you'd imagine. And I think, I mean, a lot of people jumped off um, before the round started last week, which I think was the right move. Uh I guess if you've got more than two trades left, I'd, I'd still look to flick him. But it's sort of one of those things. If you've only got a trade left, maybe you hold and, and hope that you've got some cover. I was one of those that flicked him. I flicked him to Sicily. Um, yeah. yeah, just those those hammies at this point of the year, they they, they scare me. Um, and I think we've seen with yeah, Clayton Oliver already this season, they can easily turn into a, a four, five, six-week injury rather than the two to three that they start off with. Uh, Nico, did you move on from green as well? 
I did. I went to Sam Walsh, which was a little bit disappointing, but he's got West Coast this week, so hopefully he can repay the faith a little bit. Yeah, um, the club has confirmed that it's another two weeks, so there was talk about him potentially coming back, but um, the AFL um, injury list that was updated today has him at two weeks. They've been unbelievable, GWS, just quietly, the last sort of two months of the season. They were fantastic on... I've had no had no faith in them whatsoever to knock off the Crows at that at three-quarter time, and they... They managed to turn it around, so I don't think they'll be taking any rush with uh, with Tom Green, given that uh, they're now sort of looking at a finals berth, which is uh, yeah, which is incredible given where they were. What about a guy that was sitting on my um, forward line bench this week, just stinking it up? Uh, Darcy Cameron, Nico, as a Collingwood Collingwood watcher, he's got sources everywhere at the Collingwood club. Uh, what can you tell us about Darcy Cameron? Oh, look, the word is that he should be okay for this week, but he does have to pass. Uh, a test and obviously get through training. So I'm expecting him to be okay. Uh, obviously, you know, disappointing that he, he failed the fitness test last weekend and got carted away on the golf buggy. Um, but yeah, look, he should be back. I've been wanting to ask you for a couple of weeks because um, it's been really tough watching Cameron scores um, even before the injury. Is there any chance that this kind of turns itself around? Is he going to be any better than he has been? Or is this, we're looking at that sort of 80 to 90 to 100 range for the rest of the season? Yeah, I think we're probably looking at that 80 to 100. Um, but that sort of cover for, you know, the ruck line in case Marshall or Wits has a one week injury, then, you know, you're effectively, you know, stopping a donut in your team. And that's going to be worth, you know, whatever that difference is in him going 110. So, um, look, yeah, I'm keeping him there as as cover for that ruck line. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I think he's. I think you kind of have to hold him at this point. I don't think you can get rid of him. Um, Zach Butters, Dylan. This one it could be a really big one. Um, there was some talk after the game uh, on uh, when on Saturday afternoon that he might have done a little tweak to groin or something. He certainly didn't look right, and his scores haven't been great the last few weeks. Uh, is he carrying something, and is he going to play this week? Yeah, a gr- you're right, a groin issue for Butters, but uh, one of Port Adelaide's assistants, Josh Carr, I think it was, has come out and said that he'll play. Um, so that that's great news. Whether or not he's at 100% fitness is another question, but yeah, I certainly uh, would be holding him. He'll look like he'll play. Okay, that's good for Butters owners. Um, I have to say I was kind of thrilled when I saw that news. That would have been um, just a nail in a coffin for some teams, I reckon, if he had been out. Rory Laird, Nico, everything's okay on that front? Yeah, he came back on the field, as you mentioned earlier in the pod, mate, and um, played really well. He's not on the injury list um, brought out by the club today. So, yeah, all oh, sorry, all signs are pointing to that he should be fine. Uh, excellent. Josh Dunkley, uh, he obviously had that two-week injury. Um, they were pretty clear at the start that it was only going to be two weeks. Um, I mean, we have heard that earlier this season, and it hasn't been two weeks, but is that looking all on track, Dylan? Yeah, at the moment, it's looking a long track. Obviously, keep an eye on the the main training from here on between now and game day. But yeah, I'd be surprised if he missed again. Fantastic. Um, we've got a couple. I'm going to rush through these ones. Jordan Ridley, um, I think he's pulled up okay. It looks like he's mm-hmm. probably going to play, Nico. Yep, should be fine. Yep. I can't believe that, just quietly. That's yeah. one of the... He, he must be have elastic in his knees because that was one of the worst-looking knees I've seen in a while, and he's bounced back fine. Um, Hayden Young, Dylan? Yeah, he missed the game against the Pies with an ankle injury, and the club said uh, last week it's a one to three weeker, so he could be back this week. He could miss another couple of weeks. That's a really awkward one, I think. Yeah, that is an awkward one. He's had a bit of an awkward season, Hayden Young. I'm kind of I'm kind of keen for him next year, just quietly. Um, but yeah, not a, not a great season for him on that front. Uh, Jake Lloyd is he going to be back, Nico? Yeah, it should be unless there's any sort of lingering concussion issues. But all uh, reports are that he's doing fine and he should be in. Most teams in contention have probably got rid of George Wardlaw by now, um, but he's not looking great, Dylan. Yeah, Hammy, um, he, he'll miss some time, and he's had a history of hamstring issues as well um, through his junior years, so I'd be very surprised if we see him within the next month. Um, news just coming through as well that Sean Darcy's going to miss two to four weeks with his ankle. Yeah, just saw that come through. Footy Rhino um, has reported that one, so not great if you're holding Sean, but also a great excuse to get Gorney in if you do if you don't have him yet. Uh, and the last one that I was going to mention was uh, Angus Sheldrick, who it looks like he is done for at least the uh, well, he's done for the rest of the year. Correct, so yeah. 
if you're still holding Sheldrick, which yeah, I know a lot of teams would have been, thankfully uh, moved him on this week. But yeah, he's he's done for the year, which is uh, a bit of a blow. Uh, we were looking so good a couple of weeks ago with with Nat Fife and Sheldrick at uh, you know M9 and F7, and all of a sudden both of them are just done. Uh, yeah, uh, Weller's is out for the Weller's out for the season as well. He's done a, another ACL, which is terribly sad for him. That is shocking, um, isn't it? I don't I don't know if that opens up a door for anybody else relevant, but um, yeah, constable. Constable. Yeah, I was going to say, oh. going to suggest Constable? Constable. <laughs> Hello. Yeah, maybe. Constable, please. <laughs> that would be so nice. Yeah. Um, well, that's all the injuries I wanted to get through. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, I don't recall it being this many injuries at this time last year. I think we've been a bit smacked with the, uh, with the injury stick, but that's okay. Nico, chaos is a ladder, as we always say. Well, I've um, heard that. <laughs> I've heard that many times. Uh, <laughs> the next topic I want, just wanted to touch on briefly because uh, it was a bit of an annoyance to me on the weekend was, was tagging. Um, and I feel like, look, this is, this is a feel thing more than anything. I haven't dug into the stats, but it feels like to me, like tagging has come back into the game a little bit more than it has perhaps in the last sort of 18, 24 months. Um, the Hawks are probably the main culprits for this still. And so I wanted to throw it to you straight away. What, what's the thinking behind what the Hawks are doing at the moment with their, with their sort of negating strategy? Yeah, so Finn McGuinness has found his way back into the team, which um, we missed a, a period through the middle there where we obviously weren't tagging quite as much, but he's back and he shut down. Um, who did he play on the weekend? He's, he ended up, uh, started on Taron Thomas, which I thought was a little bit interesting, but... Moved to Sheasel, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, he moved to Sheasel at halftime, and, and he, he did um, restrict him quite a bit. I think Sheasel had 20 touches to the half and ended on 28 or something. So, And he's usually pretty reliable. He actually shut... He's the one guy that's managed to shut down Dacos. Um, admittedly, it was a preseason game, but, yeah, he's he's got a, a good track record there, um, and I suspect whilst he's in the team, that'll continue. And then Connor Nash also does a, a run with... Well, run with role, usually. He went to... um. LDU on the weekend, and I know LDU scored pretty well, but I, th- I thought Nash had the uh, the better of that battle. Who else do we need to be watchful for around the league, Nico? Because, yeah, I was watching the Bombers game on the weekend against the Cats and Mark O'Connor and and sort of Blitzars yeah. are doing a dual job on, on Zach Merritt. Um, yeah, who else around the league do we sort of need to keep an eye on? Yeah, look, there's a few. There's um, Jackson Mead from Port did a job on Adam Saad. Uh, Win Hager moved to Noel Randerson in the third quarter and tried mm. to shut him down. We've also got players like um, Shield from the Kangas. Um, I think with him, I think it's if someone gets really, really hot against him in the first couple of quarters and they yeah. sort of use him to to sort of try and correct that. And um, He did that just on Shields. He did that for a long time at Hawthorne as well. He sort of played that Finn McGuinness role before retiring and then getting another contract um, at North. So that's a, yeah, that's a, a common theme. He did, it to Zach, he did it to Zach Merritt when Merritt had that 100-point first quarter. Um, they threw Shields on him and he, I think he scored 50 for the rest of the game or something. So, yeah, he's very effective at that role. Yep. Thanks for adding that S on to the end there because it's not, yeah, Shield from um, the Bombers. But anyway, um, so, yeah, Willem Drew is another one who does a job um, from time to time as well as Darcy Byrne-Jones who – He's more of a forward tagger. So if you've got someone like a Jack Sinclair or something like that, it might sort of um, line up for a tag. Is it just me or is it, do you think this is coming more back into the game, Nico? I think it is. Um, I'm not – I think there's only still a handful of clubs that utilise it. Um, so it's not widespread, you know, across the whole competition. Um, but I mean, even the Eagles have been sort of doing it with um, what's his name, O'Neill, I think his yeah. name is. Who's he's done a couple of jobs through the year, but it sort of comes and goes in waves. I think at the minute, yeah. Ben Keys tries to do it. He yep. does try. Did, did you guys see that kick from Ben Keys? He oh. about two minutes to go on Saturday night. That was so good. That was vintage Ben Keys. Oh, it really was. I loved it. We uh, at my household, we re- rewound that about five times. Just I was in hysterics watching it. It was so funny. Just brilliant, poor old Keezy. The problem is, I think the the major problem with tagging at the moment is that um, back in the good old days, you know, Ben Jacobs was a tagger, and every week he would tag. Mm. That was all he could do. Whereas the, the, at this day and age, kind of you have to have more strings to your bow than just being a tagger. So yeah. you know, it was, McGin- it was predictable back in those days. Yeah, exactly. So Finn McGinnis doesn't have to tag; he can actually go and play a role. You just don't know on any given week whether he's going to shut someone down. Um, so it's making it really. Club seems to just back in their system at the moment. And then if something, as Nico touched on before, if something's going seriously wrong, a la Zach Merritt 
having 20 catches in the first quarter, then they sort of, you know, pull that trigger and, and try and stop it. It's making it tricky, that's for sure. Um, it's one thing that we're going to have to be really aware of going forward is, yeah, I mean, I don't even know how to predict it at this point. It's becoming really difficult. But the other one that I had in there was James Aish, who um, went to Nick Dacos, um, at least early in the in the Collingwood Frio game. And uh, Dacos, as he always seems to do, just got off the chain. But yeah, also- I did, one- um, I did predict that one in my article. I try and do it um, towards the end of my articles where I um, you know predict the possible tags. But yeah, as you said, it is hard work. What do you think your success? What do you think your, your hit rate is with those at this year? Probably get one in three, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's better than I'd be going at the moment. It's just, yeah, it's tricky. Um, moving on, I wanted to talk about the best trade targets this week. So, um, you know, most people I think are probably. I, I was looking at the um at SC Data on Twitter, who always comes up with some great stuff, and I think the median amount of trades left for the top thousand is somewhere in that in between two and three trades left so uh, there are a lot of coaches out there who will have maybe one luxury trade to go so i wanted to sort of discuss where people should be should be heading with that trade now um the first player off the rank is is one that i used my luxury trade on this week uh i'm sorry last week was james sicily dylan he didn't he didn't help me out so much but i, I still feel good about the trade is, is sicily a guy that you really think has to come in to, to teams at some at this point in the season or is he can he sort of let him fly by um, oh, I think if he can get him in, he'll certainly end up being one of the top defenders of the next, what is it, six rounds left. Um, but at the same time, I don't know that I'd be moving heaven and earth for him given the price tag. Mm. Um, but yeah, I do, I do think he'll end up scoring pretty well. And I think it was, um, uh, yeah, I, I don't think what we saw on the weekend will be the norm from here on in. I think he'll, he'll go back to being a pretty integral part of our back line. I really thought he was a, he was a heaven and earth type operator. I really did. And yeah. it was just so disappointing seeing that score coming through. And look, he could well and truly drop a 150 this week and then all of a sudden combined, he's got his 100 average over the past fortnight and then he goes and drops 120s from here on in and then and then the trade looks looks like gold. Um, like Justin Gibbon, you said, like a lot of teams only have anywhere from one, two, three trades left. It's a tough one to do in one one trade, so you probably need to do two. Um, yeah, if you can do it in one, I'd go for it for sure. You've been battling for cash, Nico, haven't you, with your last couple of trades? How much have you managed to free up for that last trade that you've got sitting there? Uh, $18,800. Yeah, damn. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, not a lot. Um, yeah, look, it, it kind of it played in my mind a little bit with, with bringing in Walsh in. I was like, well, should I be going, you know, someone like Mills instead and just having, you know, whatever it is, 70, 80K or a Jack Steele or, or whatever? But, yeah, I just, I don't know, I thought Walsh was going to be on for a heater with Kennedy's. Injury, um, but yeah, look, he might st- might still well be. What happened? What happened with Walsh on the weekend? I don't know. He was um, he had a really good last quarter, and then he brought up his score to, you know, something pretty respectable. You know, he, you know, big win. Um, oh yeah, I was definitely expecting more. Uh, he he had all like he had enough CBAs. I think he was sharing them still with um, with Hewitt. Um, so that was kind of a little bit disappointing. There wasn't really a big sort of uptick. Um, he did get tagged a bit by, by Drew as well. So maybe that did play, you know, uh, a bit more, um, was a bit more of a factor than, than what I initially anticipated it was, but maybe, yeah, maybe Drew just shut him down a, a bit. Had a lot of handballs as well. 16 out of his 23 disposals were handballs yep. and that's, that always hurts you a little bit. Yeah. Yep. How close were you to going, um, Luke Davies, Uniaki instead of um, instead of Sam Walsh. <laughs> it was fifty fifty. Yeah, really? so yeah, it was um, it was a coin toss kind of thing, and I just thought um, with you know Walsh has got a few more games under his belt at, at this point of the season, it's probably less likely to you know have a reoccurrence of an injury, whereas LDU is is every chance. Um, plus, I think that during the week there was a little bit of an injury scare at training with LDU and that sort of scared me off a little bit. So it probably ended up being a 55-45 by the time I had to make the decision. How are you feeling um, about that as of I'm now? A little bit disappointed. Um, so, I mean, what's 87 compared to LDU dropping, what did 130. you drop, 130-odd? Yeah. yeah. Um, in, a, in a big loss as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, only, only the 26 touches for that 130 as well. So... Probably a little bit of a, a, you know, could have got could have got a couple more pushing up yeah. towards that 140, 150. 80% time on ground as well. That could probably go up a bit over the next few weeks. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. 
Yeah, I am big on LDU. What about look? We got. I think we got to talk about him now. Max Gorn. Um, I, I think the key here is what they do with Grundy. Um, so it's almost not not a. It's out of, almost out of Gorney's hands to an extent. I think you know not that he's going to put up two hundred and seventeen every week, but I think if he's if he's rucking solo in a good team like Melbourne, he's going to score huge points. I think that's it's a pretty simple fact. Dylan, what are they going to do with Brody Grundy? Well, I think the simple answer is that you're not paying a bloke as much. Oh, I mean, Collingwood's paying him, but there's a you're not you're not having a guy of that caliber playing full forward for Casey for the next six weeks coming into a finals campaign. I just think long term that's that's not sustainable. Um, you know, they might run with Vaughn for a, another week, another two weeks, um, whilst they try all this. But at the end of the day, I I can't see a world where you've got someone um, of Grundy's ilk. Playing reserves for the rest of the year, which means, unfortunately, I don't think Gorn is uh is going to you know drop the one sixties that we've we've come to know as a soul rock. Um, yeah, that's sort of how, what I said on it. But they're such a better team with just Gorn. How can they like? How can they mess with their structure? I mean, I, I get that they're paying him so much money, and he's such a high you know draft pick, and you know yeah. such a great player. But how can you how, when you when they look twice as good without Grundy as they do with him? How can they play him? I mean, like it's, yeah. You raise a great point. I just don't know that in this day and age, with the media as circus like as it is, you can have someone who's on what is he eight hundred grand playing down at Casey. That just does like how many other times have we seen that happen? They're almost pot committed, aren't they? Like yeah. for the season, I feel like they're pot committed to to Grundy. You reckon? I just yeah. feel like they are. Yeah, like. What if they bring him back in two weeks' time and he stinks it up again? What do they do then? Is he going to do any worse than JVR did on the weekend? Like, Probably not. That's a fair point. Yeah. That's and a- they're, they're in the top four, like Melbourne. So Yeah. I think that's, impor- that's important to remember. Like, As much as we look at Gorn and Grundy Gallard, it hasn't really worked. As Nico said, like they're still in the four. There's still a chance to win the flag. Um, I think Bailey Fritz going down injured didn't help. His case, because then all of a sudden you're having to play, you know, you've got your Grundy there, you've got your Van Royen, you've got your Ben Brown, and all of a sudden there's a few blokes that are sort of lumbering around. Um, yeah, I, I just think at the end of the day, you're not going to have Grundy sitting in the reserves for 10 weeks going into a final series. I could okay. be wrong, but that's just my gut feel. Okay, Nico, let's say you've got, let's put a hypothetical situation. You've got three trades left. You've got Sean Darcy sitting at R2. Um for some reason, who do you go? And you don't have Tim English. Do you go Tim English or do you go Max Gorn? You go Tim English because he's the clear number one and, and doesn't have any sort of uncertainty on his role for the next six weeks. Um, so okay. You'd, yep, you'd lock him in. Um, if All price right. is an issue, then yeah. You'd, if you've got if you've got four trades and price isn't an issue, and you've got Rowan Marshall sitting at R one. Do you bring in and and you've got sorry you've got Tim English and you've got Rowan Marshall at R two? Mm-hmm. Do you bring in Gorney for for Marshall? Yep. You do it. Yep. What about if you've got three trades? Yep. What about if you've got two trades? No. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, I, I think I, I think that's a fair answer. I think that gives a good indication of where you think Gorney's at. It's probably. I think the the ceiling is is obviously best ruck in the league for the last sort of six rounds of the season, and the floor is probably third or fourth best ruck in the league. Is that fair? Uh, yeah, yeah. Look, it's fair, and, and also that two hundred and fifteen points is gone. Like you're not going to get that, so you're just chasing points a little bit as well. What did Rowan Marshall drop last week? One hundred and forty. Yeah. So I don't know. Swings and roundabouts. Rowan yeah. Marshall's probably going to drop another big score this week, and Gorn might go less than him. Who knows? I think Marshall just Marshall got absolutely bodied by one of the best ruckmen in the league in Jared Witts. And I think I personally, as a Marshall owner, I'm chalking that up as one that um, throw it on yeah. the scrap heap and go again. He had 99 fantasy. Well, that's what I was about to say. Yeah. No. So he didn't, he didn't have an absolute stinker. He did no. super coach wise. Yeah. Uh, let's move on because I am freaking intrigued with this guy. Um, Sam Flanders, 427K. Uh, his scores over the last month of footy have been astronomical. He's gone 100, 119 against Collingwood, 96 against Port, and 125 against St. Kilda. Um, I was listening to the commentary on the weekend, and they were talking about that, you know, the the word out of the Suns camp was that him and Stuart Jew didn't see eye to eye, I think was the terminology that was used. 
Um, Stephen King's come in, first game in charge, 125 for Flanders, uh, just everywhere. 33 touches from only 77% time on ground as well, which shows you how much midfield time he's been getting. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of big on Flanders. I can't believe I'm saying it. Uh, but I'm big on him. I really like him as an option going forward. Nico, am I barking out the wrong tree there? I think you probably are. Um, he's had 50% CBAs, which, you know, is great for him. And he's going to score well if he keeps getting that. But I don't know if there's like, yeah, okay, the new coach might like him a bit more than, you know, Stewie Jew did. But could they not just, you know, drop him back to 10, you know, 15% CBAs and like, Took needs to get a bit more than 64% True. as well. Um, Noel Anderson took a hit on the weekend to accommodate Flanders, so he dropped from 80 to 68. So, I don't know. Like, I mean, he's obviously playing well. He's got the right role at the moment, but that could change, and that could change in Supercoach finals. So, <laughs> it's... Mm. They're playing good footy though. Is is what is what's holding me up. Like they they nearly beat Port the week before. They had a shocking third quarter and Port piled on them, but they were really really good. And they beat St Kilda, who you know for all their flaws uh, are in the top eight and a pretty decent side. Dylan, I, I kind of like it. And um, if I did have trade, I don't have trade, so I'm not actually gonna I'm not gonna do it. I'm gonna put that out there. But if I did have trades, it's one I'd be looking at. And you know he's kind of the ideal, yeah. M M M nine sort of situation. You know F seven, really good cover. What do you think, Dil? Yeah, I actually, I don't mind it. I it looked at the run sheet in advance and, I mean, because I've been away for so long, I haven't really followed him too closely. But, I mean, he's, he's a cheaper price. And at this time of year, I, I don't know about you guys, but I'm super strapped for cash. And if he can continue scoring how he is, like, I actually don't mind it at all. It, and it could be the sort of move that, you know, a lot of us had green and we've all sort of picked either Walsh or Cripps again or Parrish or Libertori, like all the same names. Flanders, he's, he's in just 4% of teams. He could be that guy that you know, boost you up the rankings. I actually don't mind it at all. Yeah. He's 427K. That's but, the problem. Okay. He's, he's well, just counterpoint quickly. is who else in that price bracket like appeals to you? Well, what other forwards oh. appeal to you? Like I'm, I'm, was yeah. looking at the forwards, trying to think of a, a Darcy Cameron trade last week, and it's, it's, I didn't like any option. Mm. If you yeah, saw no, the no. forwards by, by average, right, throughout the year, you've got McRae and Daniel who are over 100, but they're about 550 grand. The next names you're sort of looking at, Shay Bolton, who gives you 150 or 50. Yeah, flaky, yep. Perno, key forward. Toby Green, a little bit similar. No one's going to put Zeebel in. Um, and then you're sort of looking at Luke Jackson, Finlayson, Dylan yep. Moore, Dustin Martin, Isaac Heaney, Taryn Tom. Like, they're all flaky. Like yep. I feel like if you if you are looking for an F6, I don't actually mind it. It's rogue, and it could, like as Nico said, he could end up in a forward pocket and score 60s from here. But, I mean, I feel like the risk and reward, if you're looking at someone like him or Cho or uh, Charlie Kerno, I'd be I'd be taking a punt, I think. I agree. And if, if I was strapped for cash, what I, and I still had Tom Green for, for whatever reason, I'd be trading Green out, subbing a, dun- subbing a Dunkley or someone up to the midfield and bringing in Flanders um, in your forward line. Uh, I really like the idea of that. We just mentioned Tuke Miller before. Um yeah, what do you make of him at the moment, Dylan? Because it's just not—it's not all quite coming together yet. But you can—you can kind of see him building back into form. He had 101 on the weekend, 25 touches, only the 76% time on ground. As Nico said, not as many CBAs as perhaps we'd like. Um, I think people who jumped on him two weeks ago went way too early. This feels like the right time to jump on Tuke Miller if if you're looking for looking for sort of one of those underpriced mids. He's only 518k. Yeah, and his break even's back down to 103, so far more achievable than what it has been the last couple of weeks. I, I think you hit the nail on the head. It feels like he's building um, when it all clicks for him. I'm not sure, but I suspect it'd be in the next fortnight. Um, and as you said, he's a, he's a very, very cheap price. Just back on Flanders before we finish up there, he's fourth for three-round average. So you've got Dunkley, who's obviously missed games, Connor Rosie and Errol Goulden, who's on a heater at the moment. Flanders is your next best. So I, I actually really like that pick. It's grown on me, Eddie, in the five minutes we've been talking about I like it. it. <laughs> I really like I Yeah, I honestly wish I had trades to do it. Um, on Took, he's had his lowest score for the year has been a 92 against Port last week. Um, if you take out his 40 that he had against North, which was injury affected. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's his price is is super attractive. Again, would love to do it at this point of the year. I think um, those sort of moves, the Flanders and the Took, 
and the Gorn moves. You, you know, if you have the trades, this is why you save the trades because um, you're going to jump on players like that who are underpriced and about to explode. Um, boys, a little fun little segment that I wanted to do um, just because we're reaching that time of the season that I think we we all need a bit of a, a lighthearted interjection. Um, I just wanted to I just wanted to see what your fav- who your favorite AFL players are because uh, it was sort of going around. I saw it on on Twitter. The um the the NRL side of things was was doing a big thing. The SC Spy, who is one of the great contributors over on the NRL side of things, was talking about his favorite NRL players to watch at the moment. Uh, and I just wanted to see where you guys are at with with who you like watching in the AFL because I think it says a lot about you as a footy fan. So. Um, but maybe we, we'll go around in, in turn and, and give our five, four, three, two, one. So I'll start us off with my, with my fifth favorite AFL player to watch in the league. It's Isaac Rankin. I absolutely love what, what is Charlie thinking of that? I'm gonna, it's, I'm throwing huge darts at Charlie, who for some reason has a vendetta against Rankin. But yeah, I'm a huge Rankin guy. I love watching him play. Um, he's my fifth favorite player to watch in the league. Nico, what's, uh, who's your fifth favorite? Shay Bolton at the Tigers. So I like it. yeah, look, when he's on, he's, Fantastic to watch. He jumps on people's heads, takes screamers, kicks goals from, you know, anywhere. Um, yeah, he's fun to watch. I like it. Dylan? Uh, I've gone Tom Papley. I just love how excited yes. he gets for a goal. And I, I'm not a Sydney man at all, but he does these massive helicopter arms <laughs> and he, he gets it. I love it. It's awesome to watch. You either love it or you hate it. And yeah. I'm fully in the love category as well. I can't, I, uh, it's just becoming hilarious to me. I love those memes that pop up when it's like, the fastest things in the world, like a cheetah, Usain yeah. Bolt, and then Papley after a goal, yeah. <laughs> like 400 kilometers an hour. Uh, we might, I'll, I'll speed it up a little bit. I'll give, I'll give you my four, my three, and my two, and then we'll, we'll hold off for the ones. My four is Marcus Bontempelli, best captain in the league. Friggin' love him. Um, how could you not? Third is my third player is Jeremy Cameron. I, uh, yeah, his left foot, incredible field kick, incredible kick for goal. Um, detest the cats, but love Cameron. Second player on my list is Zach Butters, a uh, huge Butters guy. Uh, love seeing him put his head over the ball. He's so tough for a guy that's, you know, built like a twig. Um, and then I'll save my number one. Nico, what about your four, three, and two? I've got your boy Zach Merritt in at four. So I reckon. Whoa. Take, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> yeah. No, look, I reckon take away the bullshit um, fine that he got on the weekend. I reckon he's sneaky tough. He's. um. He's clean. Hang on, can we just rewind for a second? Nico has just glossed over the fact that this guy got done for staging. Yeah, that wasn't that was bullshit. This was this bullshit. feels like a stitch up to me. I feel like there's a, no, no, there's a punchline no, no, no. coming here. No, no, he's he's look, he's clean. He's a good ball user. I reckon he goes pretty hard at it. Um, yeah, I, I like him. I like watching him play. Um, Marcus Bonsabelli in a number three reasons yeah. we've touched on already. Um, you know, another you know good ball user carries his team. Plenty of ticks, love him, and I've got Toby Green at oh, number two. Damn, I miss Toby Green. Yeah, <laughs> so, he should have been, he should have been in mine. Yeah, things that he did, like just on the weekend, that the gather, the push, the fend off on the defender, the gather of the ball, the the next fend off of the guy coming, you know, yeah. from the other direction at him, snaps a goal. You know, another guy who can you know jump on packs for a small guy and take a great mark, and another one who carries his team to wins. He's just got he's got big game energy, doesn't he? Like you yep. can always count him in a big game. Um, Dylan, what about your four, three, and two? Yeah, I um, went bonch with the um, four. As you said, he's just a class operator. Love that. I'm a big fan of his. Mitch Lewis, three. The massive Hawthorne okay. bias here. Huge Hawthorne bias, but he's... Well, you guys are going to hate my that... one. <laughs> oh, okay. I reckon I can guess it's going to be, but... um. Yeah, I, I really liked what Lewis has done for a guy that was, I mean, when he got drafted, everyone thought it was a meme because we took out Sam Mitchell and Jordan Lewis that year and all of a sudden we pick a guy, pick 80, called Mitchell Lewis. That was and, very um, funny. Yeah, <laughs> and he, he's been great. I think he's uh, he's got a really bright future for us. So hopefully he can continue on the, the same path he is. And then, um, I mean, he's pretty cooked now, but Buddy Franklin, I've got a, a lot of memories growing up as a kid watching him in the brown and gold. He's... Unfortunately, not what he was, but yeah, pretty special player. Yeah, love it. Um, all right, bit of a drum roll. My number one player is Zach, uh, not Zach Merritt, sorry. It's Nick Martin. Um, <laughs> absolutely like you guys. Anyone who's listening to the podcast this season will know how much I love Nick Martin, but future Brownlow medalist Nick Martin is my favorite player to watch in the AFL. Nico, I, I think I can probably guess who you're going to go with. Yeah, I've got another future Brownlow medalist in at number one here, mate. Uh, Nick Dacos. So, um, I mean, how could you not, you know, yeah. love watching him play the way he 
demands the football. He just takes it out of, you know, his his players' hands. Um, just like literally drags a ball away. He took the out of Jerry Jeremy Howe's hands the other week and um, just said, "No, nope, I'm taking this and I'm gonna, you know, hit someone on the on the tit, um, 45 away." And just his kicking skills are just elite. He, he can just he. I reckon he could literally put it, you know in a little bin from 40 meters away. Yeah. He, the only reason he's not in my top five is out of spite, quite honestly. <laughs> I just can't stand to pick him and I knew you would. Uh, Dylan, who's your favorite player to watch in the league? Oh, I couldn't split some of the guys um, from Sandy. So put Sheasel and Ashcroft on par. It's just cool to see them doing, you sort of see them grow throughout their junior years and then see them do it on the big stage. is pretty cool to watch. Uh, very cool. I like them both a lot. Um, yeah, actually both were close to making my top five as well. Well, that was a fun little exercise. Um, I I think it's good. It kind of says a lot about you as a footy fan who you like. And I'm, I'm stoked that we all had the bond in there because, uh, yeah, absolutely love the bond. Uh, huge time of the year for content boys. So did want to give the SC playbook subscription package a bit of a plug. Uh, $50 gets you full access to the SC Playbook website for the next 12 months. Uh, that's all of our NRL, AFL, and BBL content. That get, you get extra premium articles every single week, access to our WhatsApp groups, uh, and access to our major unlimited group prizes as well. Uh, so get around that on the website. It's uh, It's been fantastic. The, uh, the NRL side of things is killing it, uh, and the AFL side of things is killing it as well. Uh, what are we, what are we doing this week, boys? What are we, are we, are any trades? Dylan, you've got a couple of trades left. Are you going to, are you going to burn them this week? Um, so I've only got two trades left and I've still got uh, Matt Johnson at M8. Not a great look. Um, so Ouch. I can do Johnson and Dev Robertson out for an 102k scrub and then any midfielder for 552 grand. So, so no, you've already got him. I've already got Walsh. I've already got Cripps. Um, McRae was sort of in the uh, – pardon me. He's in the, the sort of bracket. Um, let me just bring up the names here. LDU, Josh Kelly, um, Trelaw, DeGowie, Rao. Like, I don't – Took Miller is one I could potentially look at. Um, but I sort of feel like I'd rather save the trades for a rainy day when I know, you know, someone will miss. I know Adam Cherry is another one that looks like he might miss this week. Um do you have a chair? No, I don't. Right. But okay. um, like I, I sort of looked at it. I don't love them, any of those guys. And mate, bring Took in. Come just on, just do it. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are you, what what are you playing when... for? Like, it ranks shocking, isn't it? Like, yeah, just... shit, you're right. I'm playing. <laughs> just what, do it. I'll tell you what I'm playing for is like, there's one league I'm in with a bunch of mates, and if I lose. You've got to. We've done. We've picked a forfeit out, and you've got to spend twenty four hours in like a Macca's or something. And for every hour, sorry, for every burger you eat, you lose an hour, right? And I don't want to get stuck in there. I don't think I will. But I'm like paranoid as now that oh fuck, what if Dunkley misses another week? Oh shit, you know Bontempelli's going to be rested in the last round of the season. I don't want to have to feel like these 102k scrubs that don't play. So I'm stressed about that. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe I should just go and burn it. Just do it. You'll you feel you feel better about yourself, I reckon. It'll just be so fun. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's all good. We got Roberts is gonna come back for the swans. Yeah, I'll coming Roberts back. Off. Oh, okay. I've got this is my this is my bench. I've got Marek, Madden, Jury, Melican. Oh no. Rest in peace. Oh. Rest in peace there. Um <laughs> Constable, Cooper Harvey, who's great for a thirty, um and Cunningham from the blues. That's hmm. so not great, but yeah, it's grim. And so I'm at the point though, I just don't care anymore. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Bring in two. Uh, Nico, are you trading? You're holding? No, I'll be holding the last one as we touched on. Yeah. Um, there's, you know, no doubt there's going to be an injury, you know, coming my way. So, uh, and if it doesn't, then I'll luxury upgrade in, in like the last two weeks or something. Yeah. Um, just on like marriage and bench and stuff, I was really like disappointed. I had to feel Dev Rob. With Marich out, and then he was a late in, and I couldn't do anything about it. Like, yeah, lost, that was painful. Lost forty points. There. Very painful. So, yeah. Um, what about Just captains a- this week? I I desperately need some help with captains because uh, it's tough. I, I like the look of you know Essendon Bulldogs on Friday night. I think you've got to take a VC from that game. Is it Merritt? Is it Bont? Is it English? Is it Parish? You know what? Like, what do we do there? What are you thinking, Nico? If I owned English, I'd probably go him. Um, you know, with a draperless bombers, I'm assuming that Draper's still out. 
Yeah, he's still out. Yeah. So yeah, look, I I don't have him, so I'll be going Bont for VC. Yeah. He outscored Team English in like AFL fantasy last week. It was just a bit, of, a bit of ball use. Uh, he could have had a monster, you know, one seventy score as well. So. Maybe he cleans that up a little bit, hits the scoreboard a little bit more, and we can bank a 150 on Friday night, no more Thursday night. And assuming that doesn't pay off, who are you looking at for the captaincy? Oh, the Brownlow medalist. Yeah, P- playing Port. I'm going to be there on Saturday, on Saturday night at the uh, at the Oval. It's going to be a cracker of a game. I didn't realise you had Ollie Wines in your team, Nico. <laughs> <laughs> I saw someone on Twitter saying he was the worst uh, Brownlow medalist since, since Woe Woden, which yeah, I thought was a bit harsh. <laughs> He hasn't been good though, has he? Far out. Um, yeah, interesting. I like that. Um, I think I'm probably leaning similar. Uh, I I just it's tricky with with the the hard part about having all guns in your team is that it makes it hard to pick the captains. I think Sicily is a bounce back. I don't mind as well. Um, that could be handy. Who are they playing? Dylan. They got Richmond. Richmond. Yeah, yeah. At the wide open G, that could be an interesting one. Uh, what are you leaning towards, vice captain and captain? Uh, I've got English locked in. I think he's on a burner. Andrew Phillips is not exactly uh, Max Gorn. Neither is Nick Bryan, so I think he'll go huge. And his last his last two scores against Essendon have been 123 and 204. <laughs> so I'm hopeful of a big Tim English score. And then oh, I mean, captaincy, captaincy, I haven't even looked at, to be honest, because I'm banking English <laughs> going 150. But if I had to look at it, maybe Rory Laird. Um, maybe... Maybe Dacos, Laird's last three against Melbourne have been 130, 105, and 123. So I don't mind that. Yep. Don't Actually, mind that. I'd, I'd really like to involve Carlton against West Coast somehow, like with Sam Walsh or... I dare you to put Cripps as captain, Nico. Use that last bait <laughs> and put in Charlie's boy and make him captain. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, not going to happen. But I'm, I wish I could put the VC on Sam Walsh or something, but... Um, can't pass up on on Bonten and Nick. Certainly can't. Now, boys, each round of the season, we are producing an exclusive SC playbook market of our own through Better. Uh, this week, we've got Zach Merritt and Marcus Bontepelli to combine for 60-plus disposals and 220-plus afl.com.au fantasy points, paying $3.50. Uh, that market is on Better. Uh, I like the look of it. We've just we've just mm. talked about Bont and Merritt chopping up um, against each other. The Bulldogs don't tend to play a negative midfielder, neither do the mm. Bombers. So that could be a really good one uh, to follow along with that market. You can find the link to it in any of our articles at scplaybook.com.au. Um, if you do link up your account through any of those channels, it'll let Better know that we sent you. So that would be much appreciated. What are you really gambling with? Set a deposit limit for free and confidential support. Call one eight hundred eight five eight. 858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. That is about all we've got time for tonight, boys. Uh, Nico, happy birthday. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast for your birthday. Uh, it's much appreciated. Go and, uh, go and have a big slice of birthday cake for us. <laughs> Thanks, uh, Dylan, looking nice and brown after Bali. Great to have you back on the podcast as well. Uh, boys, uh, we'll be in touch for the week. Uh, love your work.